lost a beef liver tablet they almost rolled away from me okay how's everybody feeling I'm welcoming you here on a Wednesday night it's hump day headlines and VHS looking glass what does that mean we're gonna be doing some flashbacks I got all this VHS -y kind of stuff that sent me backwards in time to places I never even experienced. And I figured it'd be nice to just throw some things up on screen and see what comes up for people at home. But before that, we have some stories. We have some people to talk to. The uh, good buddy of the show, Tony Arterburn, is coming on from Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. He's the, he's the one that put together, quite frankly, .gold. The official gold and silver sponsor of, quite frankly... And uh, he's, he's a pretty seasoned talk radio personality anyway, so we're just going to talk about the world as he sees it, the stories he's most in uh, closely monitoring, and I don't know, go from there. Should be a nice, nice little stop by from him in the first hour, and we'll have more to do in the first hour too after he gets off because uh, I think, as I have over here, as it was put out there by the Axios powers and other places earlier on in the day. It must be going really, really bad for Democrats because we got this. Biden is set to deliver a major speech on, well, this this headline says democracy, which is just a, it's just, I, I don't even know what the hell that means anymore. Um, what it meant prior to wasn't even that good anyway, but um but it's about election deniers. That's how it's that's how it's been put. That there's going to be a major announcement about election deniers coming up at in two minutes. Now we won't be able to watch it live because we have things to do, but I've already told people in the Discord, and now I'm telling you all right now, live in real time, uh, as clips and highlights come out. Whether you're seeing them on Twitter or somebody's posting it to Gab or to Truth or anywhere else. Drop them in the Discord, in chat, frankly, tag me, and when Tony Arterburn gets off the air, we will sift through some of these ridiculous statements, which are, it's probably going to be a, um, I mean, it's just more the telegraphing, we're, we're going to do something that's going to upset people. I don't, you know what, you just don't even know. This is going to be such a mess, I believe. The one thing I want to remind everybody of is the one thing I do believe is that where the people's hearts and minds are and how badly globalism and those pushing it is losing the plot and losing their grip on people in, in being able to influence voluntary action, that's, that, that's gone. They're, it's in such bad shape. So I'm only, I only don't know where to put my money on as far as in which way, you know, how bad the chaos is going to be, what form it shows up. It's like choosing the form of the destructor. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man is going to show up next Tuesday. Uh, so anyway, I'll be voting. I'll be voting my ass off. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the greatest I ever voted in my life. I'm gonna be so proud of myself. I'm like, wow, I never thought I can vote this hard before. I voted so hard and so fast 
that I won New York for Lee Zeldin or somebody else. Poor Larry Sharp is out there still, uh, and he's probably the best, the best out of all of them. Larry Sharp, the Libertarian candidate for governor in New York, but uh, the way this is neck and neck, uh, I don't, I don't. It's he's probably going to get less votes than he ever had. Who knows? Who knows? But I think everybody is just uh, throwing their weight behind Lee Zeldin over here in New York. If there's anything to uh, throw their weight behind, that's that. All right, so. Welcome to the show. That's what we'll be keeping up with over the course of the broadcast. And yeah, keep me tagged on those Discord videos as they come out. Um, We have a, from the grab bag again, let's go over there. From the New York Post, prominent New York trans activist arrested for allegedly soliciting a minor. Who is surprised in the audience? Raise your hand. Anybody? A transgender activist in New York City was arrested and charged for allegedly soliciting a minor. Legal documents show trans and HIV activist Leiani Muniz was arrested last month in the Bronx after corresponding with someone who Muniz thought was a 14-year-old boy identified as Josh on the LGBT dating app Grindr, according to the criminal complaint obtained by Fox News Digital. And that's probably not the uh, the youngest that Muniz has gone for over the years, for sure. But there's a special special level of encouragement that's being given right now for this kind of stuff. Anyway, moving on to something else across the pond in France. Summit News, government states or stats, but they state it. They state the stats. That the statistics show 70% of all violent robberies in Paris now are being carried out by foreigners. Don't you dare. Those are Parisians. After Macron admitted half of the crime in Paris were committed by foreigners. Let's see. Uh, After French President Emmanuel Macron acknowledged that half of all crimes in Paris were committed by foreigners. It has now been revealed that they also account for 70% of all violent robberies. During an appearance on France 2 television channel last month, Macron admitted, yes, we, when we look at, at crime in Paris, we cannot fail to see that at least half of the crime we observe come from people who are foreigners, either who are in uh, in irregular situation or awaiting asylum. Get them the fuck out. An irregular situation? What does that mean? They're here undocumented or what? Or they're waiting, awaiting asylum and they're committing violent crimes? Get out put him back on the inflatable raft and push him across the Mediterranean. Gone. This is the easiest thing. The easiest thing you can do. Easiest place you can start. This was subsequently confirmed by the Ministry of the Interior who clarified that during the first six months of 2022, 48% of those questioned for acts of delinquency in Paris are foreigners. Suicidal. However, the Paris police headquarters also sent information on October 29th that for the first six months of 2022, foreigners were vastly overrepresented in certain serious offenses. This group was responsible for 70.4% of violent robberies and 75.6% of simple thefts, according to data from the police headquarters and ministerial statistical service for internal security. 
This means that the foreign population of Paris, which stands at 15%, is vastly overrepresented in committing 70% of violent robberies. Just, just amazing. I'm surprised that they were able to even say that out loud with their fear of, uh, you know, uprising and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I guess that's the, the, that's the price. If you want, you want to be a truly, uh, progressive and diverse country, that's, that's the price you have to pay and they're willing to pay it. So anyway, moving on to gateway pundit, let's see clown show white house deletes tweet. This has been, this is great. Now, I got to say again, I know there's a lot of people and there's reason to be skeptical of anything that Elon Musk does. But for now, uh, in the most shallowest of sense, it is one hell of a shit show right now on Twitter. And it, it it's fun. It was a shit show before, but it just, it, it, you know, before it was like, as I described it in the past, like the um, those hours right after midnight when you've been at a good party since about 8 or 9 p.m. and everybody is starting to hit a wall. There, people are throwing up. Some people are passed out. There's a few girls crying in the corner, mascara dripping down their face. Um, all the people who were sober enough to realize that the, the best of the party was over left. Others were kicked out. Uh, th- that that that's Twitter for the most part, especially if, a couple of months ago. But right now, even though it is still filled with problems and problematic people over there at Twitter headquarters, at this moment it is incredibly fun. <laughs> There's a lot of incredibly th- fun things going on. Even if you're just quietly playing observer, they want to see things for what they are. You don't have to pay for anything, nothing like that. This happened today. And man, oh man, growing pains for the White House, who, uh, who uh, prior to this just were just sucking on the teat, and now it's a little bit harder to to pass the bullshit around. At least, at least for the time being, that's what it's seeming like. What do I mean? White House had to delete a tweet boasting of massive social security increases after Biden uh, caused inflation. Fact checks. Okay. Now, what what was the tweet? Here's the tweet. The White House said this, seniors are getting the biggest increase in their social security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership, okay? He could barely put one foot in front of the other, but his leadership is getting seniors their biggest security checks in 10 years. Now, because of the even nominal changes that have happened at Twitter so far, we got this. We actually got context, a context label slapped on the White House generated by readers okay and what was the context incredible stuff here seniors will receive a large social security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment which is based on the inflation rate you know the inflation rate they say that uh, is nonsense barely even around and certainly has nothing to do with joe biden and uh, and his uh, his ventriloquists around the world not only just here President Nixon in 1972 signed into law automatic benefit adjustments tied to consumer price index. 1972. So thank you, President Nixon, for your leadership. Thank you. But of course, Joe Biden, desperate for a win, they tried to pass this off 
as something that he did for everybody, even though the only reason why Social Security is getting a raise is because inflation is out of control and there is a mechanism that kicks in to make sure that it's commensurate. Of course, the other thing there, too, is this hilarious situation where to fight inflation, we are now issuing new, issuing new dollars and borrowing more money because there's the, the, the trust for Social Security is bare. There is nothing in those coffers. So we're, we're issuing new money and probably adding even more to the national debt just to be able to fight inflation for senior citizens. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So we're contributing to inflation even faster. <laughs> anyway, they couldn't leave. They couldn't leave the tweet up because it's obvious that they lied. They're, they're, they're taking credit for something that a Republican uh, administration did in 1972, a, Re a Republican administration that they love to hold up for every, uh, you know, analogy for corruption and crime and all that stuff with Watergate and whatever the hell else. I mean, I I'm not a Richard Nixon fan either, but anyway, here it is. And they had to take it out because the fact check also also reveals that the nonsense they've been spewing about about uh, inflation is garbage as well. So that had to come down. So, and speaking of diversity, that's where they had to send out the psycho stewardess because that's what Corinne Jean-Pierre is. She's a stewardess, a psycho stewardess. They had to send her out there because there's nowhere left to hide. This is something that they could just put out there without any context, without anything pushing back and everybody below being squelched by one algorithm, uh, you know, one piece of the algorithm or another. And now that they have nowhere to hide, they sent out the psycho stewardess uh, to lie and and amazingly shift blame to ma so-called MAGA Republicans in Congress and their continued threat to, I guess, democracy. Take a listen to this. There, here comes the stewardess. Hey, Screen. Um, the White House removed a tweet that talked about the increase in Social Security benefits in 2023 uh, quote, through President Biden's leadership. There was a, a contextual note, I'm not sure what the proper terminology is for the uh, platform, that was added to that. Was it removed because of the addition of the note, or was it removed because of the concern about the uh, veracity of the message? In the so it was, uh, look, the tweet was not complete. Usually when we put out a tweet, uh, we posted with context, and it did not have that context. Uh, so in the past, we've pointed out that for the first time in our in over a decade, seniors' uh, Medicare premiums will will decrease even as their Social uh, Security checks increase. That's a little bit of context that was not included. It's, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Even though you know that that just creates some kind of a derailment of the conversation. You have to go follow them off down that rabbit hole, where they can they can bonk you over the head with something else and make sure that we we come away from the initial embarrassment. The initial embarrassment is that they're only getting Social Security raises because a 1972 law that was passed to keep people on fixed income in lockstep with inflation rates. Oh, it was, in, it was incomplete. No, it was complete. It's complete. 
it, this means that seniors will have a chance to get ahead of inflation due to the rare combination of rising benefits and falling premiums. And, and let's not forget, as, as you've been hearing me say for the past few minutes about MAGA Republicans in Congress and their continued threat uh, to, to threaten Social Security and Medicare, proposing uh, proposing to them on the chop, pr proposing to put them on the chopping. Good, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Buckle your safety belts. Buckle your, buckle your safety belts. We're coming in for a landing. And just, just crash into the sea. Holy shit. So there's only... There's only uh, that pony's only got one trick that it does, obviously. Uh, here's another little, uh, another little peek into, into the shit show that's Twitter. That uh, bird brain, Sandy, from Yorktown... She said, LMAO. <laughs> she was probably laughing when she wrote that. LMAO at a billionaire earnestly trying to sell people on the idea that free speech is actually $8 a month subscription. <laughs> Elon Musk replies, your feedback is appreciated. Now pay $8. And she is probably checking every 15 to 20 minutes to make sure that she still has more likes than he does. But his, uh, his comment is gaining ground, uh, 483,000 mostly bots have liked her comment, and about 313,000 people have liked his comment. Uh, it's stupid things. It's absolutely stupid, meaningless. And, oh, Frank, this is petty. I know. I deserve, and you deserve, a little bit of petty time during the day to laugh and break up the nonsense. And that's what we're doing. Ian Miles Chong made a really great comment there. By the way, this is why Twitter is the best site on the internet. You couldn't get this kind of entertainment anywhere. She, this is a, a, a woman who sells Eat the Rich shirts for $60. I think she can afford eight. <laughs> you know, anyway. So that's, that's something there. I want to talk about the CVS Pharmacy opioid, Walgreens opioid uh, settlement. I really want to talk about it, but it's 714 and we got to get on with this. So I'm going to save this for later on in the show. I think we'll be able to do that. We'll be able to find some time. Let's get this one underway. Share the show far and wide. Tony Arterburn is going to be coming up. And then maybe by the time that we are, are done speaking with our buddy Tony, we'll have a little bit better understanding of what has been said by the uh, that guy, uh, Joe Biden. So don't go anywhere. It would be against your interests to go anywhere. All right. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride!
so I'm just making sure. Just making sure that I haven't missed anything yet. It's 719 and I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything about whether or not the uh, the dementia patient is, is speaking yet. So, I don't know. It's probably one of those fashionably late. No, he's getting his diapers changed. He's got two feet up in the air and Jill's wiping him down. So, we'll see what happens. If it happens, this is not his Metallica entrance, that's for sure. Ecstasy of Gold is playing. They're wait we're waiting for him to come out. Everybody's waiting with bated breath to, to learn about the election deniers. Oh, how ironic. How ironic. The language that they have claimed for themselves. These witches and warlocks. All right, welcome to the show. It is, quite frankly, remember... Quite frankly, superchat.com. That is... Oh, wait, it's on? It is live. No, oh, somebody sent me a... Uh, they already sent me the first clip. All right, so we have some stuff to... No, Jill's at the Phillies game tonight. Oh. AK in the chat room said, no, Jill's at the Phillies game. All right, so they got a babysitter. Good for her. She's got to get out every once in a while. Has to get out. I hope she doesn't show her face anywhere. I hope they don't put the television cameras on her because everywhere she goes, and especially in Philadelphia, and if it's a sports arena, she gets booed. But... Quite frankly, superchat.com. That's how you can contribute some thoughts to the show tonight. If you can't call in, um, it will be read onto the air. There's also other ways that you can contribute and get some thoughts on the record. That is through the Rumble rants. Everybody on Rumble, uh, that is, uh, it's bringing in a lot more people than YouTube has now for a while. So I love that slow transfer and now the organic growth that's going on on Rumble. That's been fantastic. Take advantage of those Rumble rants. I, it's a little bit harder for me to sift through those, but I do get through them. And I have a few from left, uh, left over from last night I have not gotten to yet, so we will do it all. Um, yeah, here is something I thought is interesting. And our guest tonight will be able to help us with this a little bit. The mainstream is increasingly accepting the possibility that the Fed will blow up the economy. Not more than a year ago, it was generally thought impossible among mainstream economists and retail investors that the Federal Reserve would commit to raising interest rates and ending stimulus. After 14 years of predictable quantitative easing and near zero rates, it's not surprising that they would refuse to acknowledge the possibility that the Fed would abandon them. Well, as with the seasons, all things must change. At first, they refused to admit the inflation was a problem. Now, mainstream outlets are openly discussing the idea that the Fed will have to blow up the economy in order to stop rising prices, with another 75 BPS rates hike expected this week. As CNN noted recently in an article, the Fed may have to blow up the economy to get inflation under control. What? What? But those powerless MAGA Republicans have just been... Oh, whatever. It's unclear what all this tightening will do to the economy. The housing market is already starting to show some signs of strain. Bond yields have spiked due to the Fed. And mortgage rates, which tend to move in tandem with the benchmark 10-year Treasury, have skyrocketed this year as a result. There's also a growing chorus of lawmakers on Capitol Hill who are warning Fed Chair Jerome Powell and other Fed members to slow down the rate hikes because they fear even tighter monetary policy will lead to recession. Well, uh, 
just one of many one of many daisy petals getting plucked right now. And who I want to bring in for this, as I said before, the uh, the founder of Wise Wolf Gold and Silver and the the brains behind quite frankly dot gold. It's been on the it's actually been since J- to July. Tony, how you feeling? Feeling great. Great to be back with you, Frank. Man, I can't believe you. I think you were on with us July 28th because we were talking about that long. Yeah. Yeah, man. man. Because we were talking about non-human rescue stories that night and you were the first one to give your story. And um, and that's how I, I remember that now. But since then, boy, a lot has happened. And I'm just wondering what you as someone who not only deals in in finance and precious metals and all that stuff but also just is a social commentator you do uh you do radio a lot what have you been paying attention to the most out of all the crap that's been thrown our face in our faces over the last few months well the lead up to the central bank digital currencies is what's most on my mind um what follows after that frank is how they get us there so um, the periphery, I believe, would be the geopolitical turmoil, and that would be foreign policy, uh, what's happening with Ukraine and Russia, what's happening with uh, China and Taiwan. That's really my wheelhouse. That's what I look at. And then, of course, the, the fiat currency system worldwide, central banking, uh, the Great Reset, Agenda 2030, uh, all of that is, is pretty much tied together with the central bank digital currency. So that, that's what I pay attention to. I'm glad that you brought it up um, because that's really the only thing that has been making headlines over the last three or four months. Obviously, anybody who is into uh, uh, where blockchain technology is taking us and uh, and those who even just speculate on it on it all that whole that that mad casino mentality that we were in about a year ago, uh, that is that's gone. There's been several big crashes and all that stuff. Um, I'm sure that uh, it, it stabilized again in its own way, but to a much lesser degree since it went up to 60-something thousand for Bitcoin or whatever. But the um, whereas there are people who are always paying attention to that and they have it part of their portfolios, the only thing that the rest of us are getting in a superficial sense is central bank coins. Now, right. I, I, I was able to talk about this a little bit with... Um, with G. Edward Griffin and, uh, and, and all the privacy implications and, and whatever, but my main question was always going to be, what the hell does the transition look like? Is it going to be the, the catch-all war that is being slow-boiled in the East right now in Ukraine? Is that going to be the, the big cover for all the financial and all the social changes and the, and the fake energy crises and all that stuff? Is that, is that what you're seeing too? That's what it looks like to me. They need the cover of war to implement their agenda. And remember, all of this is currency wars. Every, everything about our reality stems from fiat currency. And I always say that fiat is fake, it's the head of the snake. Everything that we talk about in alternative media tracks right back to uh, central banking and the creation of fiat fake money. Uh, this fake money has built a fake economy, fake politicians, fake reality, fake wars. Everything is fake. On the, at least on the surface level, because of fiat currency. It's truly evil uh, what they've constructed without having value tied to currency. You know, again, money isn't necessarily currency, but currency is not money. Yeah. Right? And that's what the dollar, the dollar is, is currency now. It's, not, it's no longer money. Gold and silver are money. And actually, the, the dollar is not even really credit anymore. It's debt. And so they've built this, 
I mean, I was looking at that article you sent me on Zero Hedge, and you know they they made the point that they've created eight trillion dollars, or they well, that was back during the uh, height of COVID, uh, to stimulate the economy. But I was paying attention to things before that, and it was never picked up by the mainstream media that the central bank, the Federal Reserve, had pumped in six trillion dollars in the overnight markets known as the repos. I was covering this. Uh, back when I was filling in for David Knight on Infowars in 2019, saying, look, uh, there's something really weird going on leading into 2020. And so they've gotten so far into the red when it comes to currency creation, Frank, that they need something big to cover it up. That's my opinion. Um, looking at what they need to save their their system, their currency, markets can no longer do that. I mean, when people say we're in the worst inflation ever, or, or if in 40 years, I always say, no, it's ever. It's not in the worst in, in 40 years because that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we're not, our country wasn't designed to have a currency that, uh, that it was fiat. It was designed for gold and silver and had a bimetallic system, something to back it up, make it tangible. We don't have that anymore. So everything, look, again, all the, uh, <laughs> the wheels are coming off. It's not going to be a, I don't think it's going to be a smooth transition into the central bank digital currency. My, my biggest the biggest thing I try to wrap my head around is the kinds of dollar amounts that's being thrown out there. And then I want to talk about spot prices of gold and silver and the do's and don'ts of trying to understand the markets there. Because, of course, even the spot prices are all tied to a, a fiat valuation. So it's like, oh, yeah, is, is silver going to be worth uh, $30 this time next year or $500 this time next year? Well, well what's $500? You're talking about... Paper, the paper that we're trying to get away from, it's so hard to, you know, it's good thing that it has, well, we'll get it, we'll get into that. My big question is, when you talk about all of the money, the debt that supposedly all countries of the world owes, forget about just even the $32 trillion in operating debt that we have here, the hundreds of trillions in uh, unfunded liabilities, you hear the UN saying today that they are going to need four to six trillion dollars a year or something like that to fund the climate change initiatives that they are are proposing. It, it's like, what would what would this new digital currency have to absorb over the hundreds of trillions of dollars of debt that is supposedly floating around out there? To whom is it owed? Where I, it, it makes no sense. The the numbers are so insanely huge. Obviously, there has to be a haircut where all, we would all of our checking accounts would would get major haircuts. Like, what would be absorbed? What would be absorbed would be their failure. It would be their lies that would be absorbed. It would be. I mean, you can't calculate that. But Tony, I'm saying, going, I'm saying, like, let's say thirty. Okay, let's take the thirty trillion dollars. Would the yeah. new coin be issued for a thirty trillion dollar economy? It, it, to to absorb all of that and 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 just exist like that. I mean, that's how do you get rid of the excess amount of just dollars on a screen that they have created over the last hundred years? Well, you use a crash. Hmm. You use an you use an economic crisis, and you say, look, the solution is you downloading your wallet, the biometric system. This is the central bank digital currency. We will save you. We have credits waiting for you, and of course, that's tied to the social credit score. Again. Central banks around the world, Frank, are doing one thing, and they're buying gold in record amounts. They've broken the record since Breton Woods in 1944. Uh, that would happen in 20, uh, 2021. That'll happen again in 2022. The records are being broken. All governments around the world are getting gold. They're going to back up their own systems. They want the plebes 
and the unwashed masses to have the fiat. They want you in the stock market. They want you in the casino. They want you with their currencies. They don't want you knowing about precious metals. They don't want you knowing about value or any of those systems. They definitely don't want you, again, the, we've seen the cryptocurrency markets under assault and how much of that is planned, how much of that is authentic, I don't know. Uh, I'm a fan of things like Bitcoin and privacy coins like Monero and, and Pirate Chain and some others. But I think what we're looking at is is this is the the calm before, I, I believe, a, a economic storm. I'm not the only one to predict that. And I'm, I find it bizarre and historically off that the head of the largest bank in the United States, J.P. Morgan, you have Jamie Dimon, <laughs> David Knight calls him Jamie Demon, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's been saying for months now, which has perplexed me, Frank, that, that there's going to be an economic superstorm, life which we've never seen before, people need to prepare. No bank has ever done that. Banks are always cheerleaders for the, for the norm all the way to the end and then past that. We watched that with the 08 uh, crisis, with the housing bubble bursting and TARP funds. The whole thing with that was to keep people confident in deposits. And now you have the largest bank in the United States and the head of that largest bank saying there's going to be a lot of problems. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense unless you look at it through the lens of what gets us to the central bank digital currency is a series of crises. And that's what they're going to push uh, ultimately. And I don't think there was a great article on Zero Hedge about, I think it was Zimbabwe <laughs> that's trying this and tried the CBDC. I'll have to look it up again, but uh, it was one of the African countries, and they were, <laughs> it's such a big failure. People are like, well, I don't want this. It's tied to all of your you know, your biometric surveillance systems, and uh, they just get it. And I think, I think it'll, it'll be a big flop, but they, they need that overall, they need the, they, that big crisis, Frank, to get us there. That's my opinion. Hmm. Um, you know, as somebody who obviously deals in precious metals, but also has crypto and and looks in 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 like privacy coin and blockchain technology and all that stuff uh my biggest point of contention maybe not even contention but uh really just honest questions that i pose to the audience whenever we would have any kind of financial conversations about this would be intrinsic value whereas i said before you have people with the i know like the, the spot price of Silver is somewhere around $20 right now. It's been as high as 35 something around there lately. Some people say that the price is going to be over $500 next year and that the real value of a, of a, of a, um, an ounce of silver, when you take away all the, the, the paper, the paper silver, silver paper deflating the, the market is somewhere in the thousands. Uh, but again, I start thinking to myself when my problem with Bitcoin was, all right. Well, this uh, uh, one Bitcoin is worth sixty thousand dollars at this point. All right. Well, uh, the problem here is that it's only sixty thousand dollars. We only know what what kind of a a number to put on it because we're using American dollars, which is what we're trying to all get away from. Now, the volatility of a Bitcoin that we've seen, and of course, the fact that you can't hold one like gold, is where all my problems with crypto come up, and I and I I try to get better understanding of that as time goes on. But with gold, aside from history, backing it, history backing it, how do you um, coach? How would you coach a person in understanding spot prices of? of gold and silver understanding it what not to get too caught up on and um and uh, and, and what proper behavior to be because i think the worst thing that somebody can do is say oh wow my uh my my ounce of silver is now five thousand dollars i'm gonna 
I'm going to sell a couple of these and get some fiat again. Wouldn't that just defeat the purpose? It would. And the, my friend Kenzie, who uh, does the, well, when we, when we had our podcast going, we've been so busy. She works as my, my head trader at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. And she said, if, if silver hits uh, $5,000 an ounce, you won't be able to go outside. There's <laughs> something seriously wrong with the world. And we've been saying that for a long time. You know, this is what I look at, Frank. When, let's look at, the, look at history, all right? Uh, we'll use uh, Patrick Henry's quote about, uh, I light my path with the lamp of, of history and experience, because that's, uh, again, you, you judge the future by the past sometimes. So in the past, silver and gold have had a, a ratio. It's been anywhere from 10 to 1 to 16 to 1. That's usually been throughout human history. The Egyptians had it 1 to 1 at one time because they so valued sil silver for its well, magical healing properties. And you could get silver, you know, put, uh, uh, that's why the ancients put uh, the, 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 their, their water and other like wines into silver uh, containers and other things. People on long wagon trail uh, trips and, and journeys would put the uh, silver dollar in the, in the milk to make it last longer. Hmm. But let's just look at, at that. So you, you, you could see in the beginning of the United States, we had Alexander Hamilton made the, uh, silver gold ratio 16 to 1. It stayed that way pretty much until 1933 when Franklin Roosevelt made it illegal for you to own gold. And let's just do the math on that. Let's say that uh, right today that uh, gold is 1650 an ounce. We divide that by 16. That makes silver a bare minimum of $103. Okay? Right? But let, and then let's do the math again. <laughs> let's do 1650 and let's divide it by. Uh, $19 where it is today. That's 86. And that's been doing that for decades after decade after decade. The silver gold ratio is skewed and it's messed up because they've always been in 10 to 1, 16 to 1, somewhere in the, in the modern era of fiat, silver and gold. And it may have to do with what's called Gresham's Law. When bad money enters an economy, it drives good money out. That's what happens for a while until that currency cr ultimately crashes because every paper currency will crash. Every fiat currency in history will go to zero. Uh, I don't know that the dollar is going to do that because I, I, like we discussed earlier, I think it's going to go to digital. But that's what I would tell anybody who's paying attention to silver and gold and what values are. First look at the ratios throughout history. And then I would also have them pay attention to the real world because spot is tied to all these big exchanges and bullion houses and central banks who for years and years have, I think, methodically manipulated the prices of precious metals to keep them low. Um, there's no way that you can, well, let's go back to 2020. Uh, I was uh, hosting for David Knight on, I think it was August the 6th of 2020 when gold broke its all time high, it went to like 2000 and I think 60 some odd dollars an ounce. Um, and we watched that happen. Now, what's happened since that time, Frank? And this is what I would ask people. What's happened since then to, to debase the dollar? Trillions and trillions upon trillions of dollars. 80% of all the dollars ever created were made in the last 36 months since the beginning of the United States. And you're telling me that gold hasn't gone up? That you didn't devalue the dollar when you did that? Of course they did. But what they're doing... And again, this is going to be, I think history will prove me right on this because I think I follow a lot of sm smarter people than myself who've also noticed this. I think they're selling off contracts that don't exist. I think they do that. And you look at silver back in the beginning of uh, 2021. What do you mean by contracts? 
contracts and uh, futures and other um, lists of bullion that they would say, well, we have this, we can sell it off. And I'll give you an example. You, you go back to 2021, the beginning of 2021, uh, the Reddit Raiders and the Wall Street Bets people mm -hmm. decided they wanted to everybody go get physical silver because they knew that SLV, this is exactly what I've been saying. Like you get, you get physical in your hand. So they had people, I mean, all over the country, they cleaned out most of the shops. They cleaned out me. I didn't have any left. And the next day, silver went down on the spot price. And there wasn't any to be had. And we were like four weeks out from delivery. You know what the elites did? The big banks, they sold off 1.5 times the annual supply of silver in one day to keep the price down, to make it look like it was sell, sell, sell. So I don't know how they do it. Again, this is, I'm not a criminal. <laughs> I'm not a bankster. <laughs> it's, it's I just hard. know that uh, when I look at this and I, and I know that, like right now, I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of orders that are pending because we're waiting delivery from different mints. And I have to tell my customers, I know we locked in the trade. The price is good. We're waiting for delivery because everything is backed up and everything is really slow. My, uh, you know, my selection in the back office of my wholesalers has gone to slim pickings. And again, how does the price fall when you can't find something? That's basic economics. Right. That's not what's happening. The price in the real world is going up. And I think there will be, I think there's going to be a breaking point soon where people are just like, I don't even pay attention to spot. And I pay attention to spot less and less in my life. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't really mean what it used to mean. And I think that's because the manipulation is that we're at war right now. You've got, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve and, of course, the powers in the West and NATO trying to keep Russia boxed in. Uh, Russia doesn't even take dollars anymore for its energy. Uh, they said it's, uh, the dollar is candy wrappers to them. That was, that's the world's reserve currency, at least for now. But they're turning to the Chinese yuan, as, as are many other countries. So I think we're seeing a currency reset, whether we like it or not. I'm not cheering for that because it's going to hurt a lot of people. But this is what's happening. I mean, again, countries are moving to value. Um, and this is going to be, I think, a long uh, twilight struggle for us, the, we the people, against the central banksters and the central bank digital currencies. Well, I think that uh, the one thing we're going to definitely see is hyper-localization of economies. That's one way that we're going to be able to get through this. That's, of course, going to really, really hurt people that are living in cities because it's the, the, the rural areas, the places that are a little bit more sparsely populated. That, um, you know, if the, if the money goes to trash, they're really just going to have to work with people around them to get food, to make sure things are, are, are going well, to come up with maybe more regional forms of, of currency, bartering, silver. Who the hell knows? That's the first thing that my mind goes to. If, if, our, if our common way of doing, um, you know, of engaging in, in commerce is gone or is any way undercut boy boy there's just it's just really going to really come down to how stable is the region that you're living in um because it's everything's going to really get dwindled down to whatever you can find locally because the, the the trucks are going to stop coming in at least uh not as frequently but um you, you talked about war there uh tony you very you brought up a lot of things before Russia, Ukraine, but Taiwan and China. That's one thing that uh, we, we know that is on the table and it's being mentioned here, but I have not brought it up nearly as much as I've talked about this, the obvious um, uh, intensifying of the saber rattling that's going on with the whole Russia situation. So what would you, uh, ha how would you describe to people the, the stakes with China and Taiwan and, and how serious they are? 
I think they're very serious. And what's perplexing is if you look at what we did when uh, Kissinger and Nixon opened China in 72, they gave a verbal promise to Mao that we recognized a one China policy. And before that, you know, the United States didn't even recognize at all Red China. We had no diplomatic relations. As a matter of fact, during the Korean War, uh, MacArthur would threaten to unleash Chang, you know, the Shanghai Shek, who was the leader of, of China until he was thrown out by the bankers in Mao Zedong in 1949 and fled to Formosa, which is Taiwan. And if you f fast forward again, 72, we opened China. But something happened during the 1970s, the end of 1970s. It was, it was I think it was January 1st, 1979. Uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski and Jimmy Carter put that in writing, Frank. Hmm. That's in writing that we recognize a one China policy. We don't really have open diplomatic relations uh, with the People's Republic of Taiwan. At least, at least that's how I th believe it's, uh, or the Republic of Taiwan. And uh, again, you, you see this breakdown where now we're reversing that, which is really odd. I mean, uh, George W. Bush, uh, 90 days exactly after 9-11, uh, gave China most favored trading status nation with the WTO and open. That's where we, you know, under George W. Bush, we lost 55,000 factories and one out of three manufacturing jobs. Uh, so we saw we've seen this uh, massive uh, offloading of our jobs and technology to to the Chinese multinational corporations have fled there. We've again, we we let we gave them free reign to our markets. So I don't know what this means. You have Nancy Pelosi, the third in line for the presidency landing. It's provocatively in Taiwan. And by the way, I'm all for smaller countries and republics and I have no love for the communist Chinese, but there's something there's something odd about this, and I don't know quite what it is. We we somehow reverse course, um, and we want some. I mean, do we want maximum tension? Is that what we're looking for, Frank? I don't know, uh, but I I think that our leaders, you know, you're looking at NATO and the expansion that they've done since the fall of the Soviet Union in the face of their promise to, to Gorbachev not to do that. Um, we we have bad actors at the top. I mean, obviously. Um, but I didn't I didn't see China, uh, the China issue coming because I thought, you know, something that and even David Knight brought up was which was, you know, if Trump wins in 2020, we'll we'll have some some conflict with China. If, if Biden wins, it'll be Russia. Uh, but we might have both. Well, it looks like we're getting both. And that's what really troubles me. I mean, the, the major cover for everything that they've done is war. And uh, as a combat veteran, I. Um, I have a loathing for a hatred of unnecessary war and conflict that we've, again, we've been on in unnecessary wars my entire life. Um, but it looks like our elites are, are, they're playing that card. I hope I'm wrong, by the way. Uh, because if you look at like, um, and I mentioned this many times, but Martin Armstrong and his, his AI is Socrates program uh, that talks about uh, this six months ago, they were running um, scenarios, and it just says, look, the elites need war to save their currency. That's what they're doing. They're going to use the cover of war and say, look, it's their fault. I mean, we put sanctions on Russia, and it drove the price of gasoline up here. So it's basically we weaponize the dollar, but Putin is weaponizing energy. Well, and that's what they have. That's the weapon that they chose. I know. I, I think that's the most disturbing thing for someone like myself who never served um, in the military or been to a combat zone, but has definitely paid attention to how uh, to, to to the the patterns that um, that form around certain operations in combat. Uh, it, it's in the news at least, and and how these things are um, 
they're pushed on out there. For example, you have this um, you have this situation where it's obvious, as you say, with everything that is supposed to be done in an economic sense to undercut or take down Vladimir Putin, supposedly, at the knees, it only hurts us. Um, you have, all, of course, the, the Nord Stream pipeline, very suspicious stuff. Um, the, the fact that out of all of the Putin inflation nonsense, that everything has been, I, we just see all of these pieces that have been put on the table that have adopted a foreign enemy as a reason for why we are intentionally killing ourselves here at home. That really disturbs me. Because, yeah, right now it's just Putin inflation, Putin gas price, even though that we are also refusing to do anything to make ourselves independent at home. We don't need anybody in the world for energy needs. So it's it's all um, being chosen for us at this point. My main concern, as I've voiced many times, is that eventually after some point, all the barking has to turn at least to a bite. One bite. Somebody's got to slap somebody. Uh, you You can't just... The, the fear starts to abate. If you keep the tension up this high and nothing happens over the course of years, people get used to the tension. They got to do something to bring it to the next level, and that's what I fear could be really damaging in a kinetic sense. I agree with you. And I, maybe perhaps they're just so stupid they don't realize that kinetic is possible when you set things in motion. Sometimes war has an organic life of its own. Hmm. It just begins. You can look at something like the beginning of World War One. You know, Barbara Tuckman wrote about this in The Guns of August, and JFK was reading this during the Cuban Missile Crisis, of all things. But it was just basically how once one treaty fell and one other country mobilized, they couldn't stop it, even all the statesmen. I mean, the, the, the Kaiser in Germany had a nervous breakdown. They, they were trying to stop it at the last moment, but they couldn't, and it all led to a cataclysm. Um, so, again, I, I don't – you know, it's funny. The people that rule us or lord over us or whatever it is – they're not that bright. They just have a printing press. And so what I found out, I mean, they're really not that bright. I mean, they, they, they've run the same plays, false flags. I mean, their, their toolbox for fixing the economy is print more money. Well, eventually you run out of that or you, or you deflate your, or you inflate your currency so bad you have hyperinflation. Um, sometimes with war, because they've never fought in it, it's, it, it seems abstract to them. They're just above it. They don't even have relatives that serve. It's just easy for them. They pull the trigger. They, they uh, send a missile over. Well, you know, I've, every once in a while, it just gets out of control. And I think that's my fear is that, that there's some terrible, you know, uh, algorithm here or some formula, and they just happen to hit the jackpot, and we're, we're the casualties. We're the ones hurt by this, not the elites. They always have their escape bunkers and everywhere else to flee to. Yeah, that's that. I, I hate that. That I, I've 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 raged against the fact that these people have bunkers as if they're worthy of being saved. I can't. I cannot stand that. And if a tidal wave, a tidal wave hits New York because of some underwater nuke that was that is blown off offshore in international waters, and I gotta drown, but they're they're gonna try to save that that dumbbell Kamala Harris somewhere. That is gonna. Pi- the last thing I want to do while I'm drowning is just be angry at Kamala Harris surviving. Just please. That's the last thing. But, you know, very true. I'm glad you said that about World War One as well, because a lot of people talk about World War One breaking out as a as a result of hyper nationalism. It is literally the first greatest globalist war 
Yeah. All these treaties, dragging people in. All you need to do at that point, once everybody is just tidally locked at the hip from all these treaties and, you know, these pacts and whatnot, all you need to do is find uh, that little piece of tinder to set off, and then you have an entire planet killing each other. So uh, it very much was a globalist war. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess the last... Not nationalism. No, no. Definitely not. Definitely not. And... Um, that was really a, a major, a major no going back. We're still we're still suffering from that. If you see how 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 crazy people are in Europe still to this to this day. So um, you know what? Let me ask you this as we as we wrap up a little bit in this first half. A lot of people are prepping. A lot of people are prepping for especially the elections because whether you believe that uh, that we we can actually vote with um, enough numbers to be able to override any kind of shenanigans that's going to be pulled. Uh, most people are looking at the elections as an event one way or another, whether they vote or whether they don't vote. This, uh, in 2020, we saw multiple acts of war on election night and in the weeks that followed. Uh, so one way or another, whether you believe these things are legitimate or not, it's a it's a it's a point of great tension and i think people are trying to keep themselves their homes everything in order obviously food and water and all that stuff but um why don't you let everybody know a little bit more about what you at at wise wolf gold and silver especially quite frankly dot gold can do for people of any budgets that want to be able to um i don't know make some safe plays with their money uh especially now that the stock market doesn't look like a safe place and everything else well, again, thank you for allowing me to sponsor this magnificent program. Uh, Wise Wolf is happy to do that with Quite Frankly Gold, and we've helped a lot of Quite Frankly listeners as well, and we're proud to have done that. Um, you know, look, at, look, every election does matter. It's a milestone on the calendar for what they have planned for us. Uh, the left-right paradigm is strong in this country. We have, we've picked teams. Uh, the Republicans, unfortunately, didn't run on very much, um, but I think there's going to be, there'll be some shakeup in government I think the big changes will come in, in 2023, leading up into 2024, in my opinion. Uh, but again, I always be prepared, keep your head on a swivel, because we're in an era of change. This is the decade uh, of Agenda 2030, so everything's on the table. Uh, Wise Wolf was born out of my love of history. Um, I, I, I've always uh, gravitated towards coins and value and, and um you know, each coin has a story. I, that's really why I started my business, looking at the history of fiat currency. Uh, once I got into my, you know, self-study after uh, being a, a soldier in Iraq and Afghanistan and coming home, starting my own business and just seeing how banking works and growing up around that as well with my father. So I just decided, you know, I'm going to start my own gold and silver exchange. Um, my first time buying gold as a, as a young man but before I deployed to Iraq was a terrible experience. I mean, the the guy on the other end of the line when i called the 1-800 number i heard on talk radio was just totally bummed out that i only had three thousand dollars you know it's just like oh and then he put me in some numismatic and i go okay okay well you know i found out years later i overpaid uh, i didn't get i didn't get the the value for value so just in a in a real quick summary of what wise wolf is is it's a gold and silver exchange for the people it doesn't matter we don't have a minimum uh, you can call and, and or text us and get in touch with us, and we'll treat you like we do everybody else. And we just try to find the most amount of metal for your dollar. There's no tricks. There's no, 
I'm not hiding a bunch of uh, profit and gross profit and numismatics or some kind of specialty coin. Uh, we also provide IRA and 401k rollovers, or we can start a gold and silver IRA for you. And that's physical gold and silver. It's stored in a third party vault. You get to choose between like nine different vaults over the U.S. And uh, Frank, we also have a wolf pack, which is I've actually had to bring some people on to help me. It took off faster than I thought, but it's wolfpack.gold. I think on uh, quite frankly gold, you can click on a tab that says join Wolfpack. And what that is, is it's a four tier program. Uh, you can get gold and silver delivered directly to your door on a monthly membership. We do buy-ins with mints or from the public, uh, and we're able to get that price down a little bit. We show you a comparison sheet. You don't get to pick what it is. We pick it for you. Uh, but we've got a ton of <laughs> members, uh, more members than I know exactly how many we have at this point. But uh, we're working on getting the spreadsheets done and getting some stuff out. But wolfpack.gold is the direct site. And if you'll put in uh, promo code FRANK, uh, we can, uh, you know, know to send you maybe a little extra or, you know, give uh, Frank credit. So uh, that's a that's another one of our programs we're excited about right now. Well, I'm I'm just I'm just happy that we've become uh, friends, Tony. I'm glad that not only uh, do I have you on the affiliates page and and we're doing all this uh, this good uh, work together that you you are more than capable and a really great guy to bring on and just talk to about the world. So thank you for your time tonight. Send my best to Melissa and, uh, and all the best to you in the month of November, my friend. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate you. All Thanks right. Take care. All right, ladies and gents, there you go. Uh, a little bit of first half fun with a, our buddy. You know, the other thing was, was told to me, it was floated by me by Mark Swan, and I thought it was a great idea because Mark Swan's a, a good friend of the show. We rag on him a lot, but he deserves it. And he, uh, he said, Frank, I want to do something for all the monthly sponsors because this month is the first month that, you know, no matter what you, uh, how you sponsor the show, whether it's just a, a dollar a month through quitefrankly.tv, through the Squarespace, no matter what you do, yeah, there's specialty tiers on Subscribestar and everything, but everybody gets primary uh, pr uh, prioritized messaging. They get a follow back on Twitter. They get it. They get the the link to the Sunday streams sent to them. Those are unlisted streams that we all just hang out together. But this month is the first month that we're doing monthly sponsor raffles, and Mark Swan has given a piece of silver to be a part of this raffle. One person wins. Everybody's involved, no matter what you pledge. You don't have to, everybody's in. And in December for Christmas, Mark Swan has given a gold coin. I don't know how big. It might just be like one-tenth of an ounce or something like that. So everybody thank Mark Swan for the wonderful raffle gifts that he has given. That's going to be for the uh, the sponsors, monthly sponsor raffle. That's going to be added into everything else. And all that came from Wise Wolf. So, all right, all right, 7.55, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, I'll see what the hell is in some of these clips that people sent me about the, uh, about the sniffer and election deniers, and then we'll jump into some other stuff, all right? Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Intermission. 
entering. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Not quite. Quite frankly in Roma Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay, you ready? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the second half of Quite Frankly. Let's see how much is left of the second half after we get through all this stuff. I want to do the VHS stuff. I hope I don't have to cut this. It's too feel good. Eh, whatever. We still have tomorrow, too. But, alright, so I went on to Telegram. And there's a few other people that are throwing things in here. Let's see. Here's the first. Damn it. Biden, we need to start looking for each other again. Seeing ourselves as the we the people. Not seeing each other as entrenched enemies. Right after calling all MAGA Republicans threats to democracy. Alright. Let's see, uh, let's see. Must remember that democracy is a covenant. We need to start looking out for each other again. Oh God, no, 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 no. When he starts getting into that, that, that I love you voice. Come down, see in my way. The pain will be over soon. There you are again, on the gurney, in a dungeon somewhere, and he's cutting little pieces off of you with a scalpel, licking your face. No. Come on, baby. Seeing ourselves as we the people, not as entrenched enemies. This is a choice we can make. Go fuck yourself, you old fuck. We didn't settle our differences in America with a riot. We settled them peacefully at the ballot box. We don't settle our differences in America with a riot, a mob, or a bullet, or a hammer. <laughs> All Democrats, by the way. It's, 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 it's almost as if he's speaking just to Democrats. Come on, guys. I, in, in a sane world, Joe Biden would be getting up on stage and saying this to Democrats. Stop being vile mob mentality animals, please. Stop being animals. Stop rioting and burning churches and, you know, uh, screaming and uh, drooling about how you have to go and find people from the opposite party at gas stations and push back on them and tell them they're not welcome and all this other shit. We settle them peaceably at the battle, at the battle box. Yeah, it's a battle box. Let's go to the battle box, you old fuck. There's a lot of people like, Frank, you know what? I'm old too, all right? Sorry. Um, 
Let's, oh, the, <laughs> I, every once in a while, I just peer into the chat room as I'm going for something else, and I see Buck Star Chaser in the chat room says, "Why is he laughing at hammers? That's how Abraham Lincoln was died." <laughs> That he's referencing Abraham Lincoln. I just love that. That's how Abraham Lincoln was died. That's fantastic. Oh, good for you. That made that that pretty much made my night, Buck. Thank you for that. All right, there's there's more. I found more on on uh, Telegram. Here he is. This is from Technofog. The typical year. We're often not faced with questions of whether the vote we cast will preserve democracy or put us at risk. But this year we are. Oh, this we yeah, this year we are because they're in they're in real bad shape. Just like in 2016 they were too. And that that uh that continued on for for three and a half years. You know? Uh Russia was one of those things to kind of like coddle people through defeat. To give them some kind of uh, some kind of you know ill-gotten reason to go out there and vote in the midterms, even though it didn't really it was uh, it was historically low for a midterm. The whole Russia thing, and it gave them something to do to make them look busy for three and a half years. Once you're past the midterms, you can almost you can almost like forget about the loss from the two and a half years prior because the next fight, the next chance to win is a year and a half away. You know. So that's what they did. That's what we did. They went from Russia to the Ukraine call to COVID to boom. All right. It was illegitimate up into for four fucking years for one reason or another. And then this drooling, pants-shitting idiot was installed. They turned off the lights. They turned off the lights and everybody... All the king's horses and all the king's men in the media came in to just act as if they created the brand new office of the president-elect that never existed prior in uh, in any other phase of American history. They created all this, this crap to make the impossible, the ridiculous, seem legitimate. And now, of course, it's time again to just lay the groundwork because in 2016, 2016, it was a skin of your teeth. Like, it, it, you know, it, in the end of Independence Day, when Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are, are trying to get the hell out of the alien mothership before the nuclear warhead explodes, and they just get through the crack. They just get through the crack. That's what 2016 was. Something went terribly wrong for them. Donald Trump was not a savior. He is not a savior. I don't know anybody who believes that, but something went terribly wrong for them. That was not planned by them. They reacted accordingly. We have been going through hell ever since because of them, because they want to get back on track. And the other thing, the reason why that was a squeaker, but it went terribly wrong for them is because it started that little squeak that started the snowball. That started the snowball in a big way, going downhill. It caused a lot of people to pause and reflect, to watch Donald Trump a little bit more 
seriously, to watch the news and how they act a little bit more seriously, to see this entire thing was completely ridiculous. It was one sham after another. It created momentum for people. Regardless if it was Donald Trump or not, it created momentum that by and large rejects the machine that Joe Biden represents. The machine that has put this old fuck's face on as a mask at this point in time. That is what people are rejecting. They didn't have to do this in 2016. They thought it was going to be smooth sailing. In 2020, obviously, the entire year tells you what they were willing to do to make sure that this dead skin mask was put on the machine. And now it's just they have no other choice because they're never getting the hearts and minds of people back. They're never getting it back, and they're only losing it further. And the fact that they're having tweets deleted because Twitter, in whatever change that has been made, is now putting context on their nonstop bullshit is just tremendous. It's tremendous. Let's see what else we have here. Gateway Pundit. Disgusting pig. Oh, you know, this is the thing. I like some of the Gateway Pundit's reporting. I go there often when I just want anything to give me some material to riff on myself. But the, the editorializing, like, I can come up with that myself. Disgusting pig. You don't have to put that there. Biden uses his office to, to deliver speech on national TV to smear Republicans before midterm elections. Live stream video. Oh, I can't watch the whole thing. How long was it? Half hour? It's a lie that fueled the dangerous rise in political violence and voter intimidation over the past two years. Oh, I guess he's talking about 2020. I need, to, I, need, I need clips. The fix is in. Joe Biden warns Americans several races will not be called for several days after the election, so be patient. This is the first time since the national election of 2020. Once again, we're seeing record turnout all over the country. And that's good. We want Americans to vote. We want every American's voice to be heard. Unfortunately, it's not record turnout for Democrats. Now we have to move the process forward. We know that more and more ballots are cast in early voting or by mail in America. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days, until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots. All legitimate ballots, see, you hear that? Well, the little thing, it takes time to count all legitimate ballots. I said this this morning on the morning show because Tracy and I were talking a bit about the, um, the Atlantic article that Emily Oster dolt that was talking about we need an amnesty for all of the 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 pain that we cause for people with covid and to think about I, I was going off a little bit more about the things that we never we were never getting back and what covid really meant for people on a on a large scale let me see here i say here's something that you're not getting back here's something that covid gave us that's not going away this is a like a, I don't know, it's a did you know, a disclaimer, a context label, something. I think I saw this on Instagram. I've seen it other places too. I took a text, uh, a screenshot. 
it takes time to count all of the votes. There you go. It takes time to count all the votes. It's expected to take multiple days to count the votes. So the projected winners of some elections might not be announced yet. This means you could encounter unconfirmed claims that a candidate has won their race. Find out more. That's what COVID gave us. That's what they gave us. They gave us for as long, I guess, for as long as possible, because some red states even went and made sure that all of those mail-in ballot nonsense J.C. Penny mailer vote bullshit systems stayed in place. They actually made sure that there was more drop boxes put in all over the place. Doesn't look like it's going away. That this is what we have now. That for hundreds of years, for over 200 years, we were able to have elections locally, nationally, and the next morning Even when we didn't have the technology that we have today, everybody knew who won. Couple hundred years, and then all of a sudden, the flu with a less than 1% uh, fatality rate showed up. And already in April of 2020, these freaks were talking about, oh my gosh, how are we going to do the election? Knowing that they were getting their asses handed to them. That if they were able, if they went into 2020, Having to fight the momentum that the economy had in 2019, that Donald Trump had in 2019 going into 2020, they are sitting ducks. So now we have this. Everybody relax. It's going to take a few days. We'll see what shakes out. Got to wait until all the mail comes in. They created a margin of error to the tune of tens of millions of votes. That's one in that inside that margin. There's a whole lot of chaos that could happen. Whole lot of chaos. So this is what we have. But we're, but the warning is about us. Don't listen to those people who think that all this weird, crazy shit that we have to live through right now is somehow not in our best interest. Don't listen to them, man. Oh, boy. So that's why I say uh, you go out, you vote. The more of you vote, the more they're going to have to do something to try to overcome that. At least make it a challenge. Go ahead, do it. But everybody, whether you're voting or not, is definitely looking at this as an event. You're watching very powerful forces. Um, they're, they're of dwindling levels of credibility, of course, dwindling levels of faith, but powerful, evil, sadistic, nonetheless, they are prepping your minds. They're prepping your conscience. Your consciousness is being filled with all types of possibilities of what they're willing to do, given what they've already shown us to this point. So that's why I say. Let's take a shot of whiskey on Tuesday night and see what happens. All right. 8-12. I think I need another break. We'll be right back, and then I'll go to your Super Chats and take some calls, and and we'll kind of simmer down a little bit. Don't go anywhere. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in a foot. 
quite frankly. Listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or <laughs> you dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. You like what you see? Become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcast. So for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. Uh, well, um, I'm a baby boomer. I was born just after the war. Uh, we've had probably, we've probably uh, had the longest period of peace and prosperity uh, globally, uh, I would say, uh, from that time. I've put a little bit of modest money away so I can hand something down to my family when I pass on, largely because I've never spent more money than I've earned, and I've been prudent and I've worked moderately hard. Now it always seems to me as a complete surprise to politicians how countries get in debt. Let me explain because I don't think you really understand it. It's because politicians consistently spend more money than they raise in taxation, more money than they can possibly raise in taxation, most of which in point of fact they actually waste. The reason we're talking about countries which are broke, and they are broke, is because they're ridiculous, ineffective, ignorant politicians consistently spend more money than they can raise. And then they borrow, and they borrow, and worse, they then print money because politicians and their central banks have a machine which prints money. You do that as a private citizen, and it's a criminal offence. You would go to prison for doing that, and politicians and their central banks do it all the time. Let me explain to you that these countries are broke, and they're broke because of their own stupid leadership and politicians, and it's immoral, immoral to ask ordinary taxpayers of any country to pick up the tab for failed politicians and failed banks. They are defaulted, they're broke, for God's sake, let's all of us admit it. I want to do this real quick. I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get really... I'm starting to feel like I may have to do this tomorrow. The VHS stuff. I'm, I don't know. It's 8.20. Let's see. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about faith. That's what I want to talk about. We'll see what happens in the news, but I want to talk about faith. It's going to be a, a deep one. Especially faith after loss. Clawing for you know, learning how to pray. All that. Things, things that I, I know that people are going through. We're going to do that. And maybe the looking back with the with the VHS and looking to simpler times and wondering what was lost and how we can, you know, how we can couple all that up. 
maybe it is a better fit, but we'll see what, how we can manage the time for now. Because when I saw this, I I asked some, some really incredible questions. Well, I think valid questions, I say, not incredible. This is from ABC News today. Did you hear about this? CVS and Walgreens agree to a $10 billion opioid settlement. Say what? Opioid settlement? What was CVS and Walgreens doing? CVS said the settlement would substantially resolve its opioid lawsuits. Why does it have any lawsuits? Are they selling Percocet illegally? CVS and Walgreens on Wednesday said that they have agreed in principle to pay about $10 billion in total to settle a series of opioid-related lawsuits brought against the pharmacy chains. CVS said it had agreed to a $5 billion settlement d designed to substantially resolve the open opioid lawsuits against it. Quote, we are pleased to resolve these long-standing claims and putting them behind us in the best interest of all parties as well as our customers, colleagues, and shareholders, said Thomas Moriarty, chief policy officer at CVS and general counsel in a statement. Quote, we are committed to working with states, municipalities, and tribes and will continue our own important initiatives to help reduce illegitimate use of prescription opioids. What? Now, so I had to ask, I wouldn't like, and I, I just don't understand what's, what's happening here. Why did they get sued for this? If doctors are over-prescribing painkillers, which they certainly are, and there are, and, and let me also just say, there are people out there in the country who are not addicted to painkillers, but do use it to get through, to make their days functional. Um, there are people who are, are are looked after very tightly and uh, and responsibly, and this is just something. Painkillers they they do help a great number of people with traumatic injury of all types. So I'm not saying that with this entire class of drugs needs to be taken off the market, but the over prescribing is no doubt an issue, no doubt an issue. And still, a lot of people come off, uh, come out of hospitals addicted to the stuff already. So, if doctors are overprescribing, then the doctors are the issue. I wouldn't even put this on the on the uh, on the, the the drug manufacturers, because essentially we're having the gun the gun conversation again. Now, listen to this, because and let me also just say, I'm wondering about this. Because in, in one respect, what they're reporting on right now doesn't make sense at all. But in another respect, CVS should be sued into oblivion for getting in between doctors and their patients by refusing to fill things like ivermectin over the last year and a half. A drug with a night and day safety profile compared to something like Vicodin. CVS Pharmacy was among those who stood in the way of doctor's orders for ivermectin because they wanted to get political. That right there should have taken taken them out for much more than $5 billion. That's when they're playing doctor, not when they're filling pain medication by somebody who's just, you know, continues to, to feed them to somebody like M&Ms. So this is all backwards, but even so, look at these sums. 
Walgreens said it had agreed in principle to a settlement totaling $4.9 billion to be paid over 15 years. I went and looked into it. Walgreens in uh, in 2021, like the last, the last fiscal year that they reported their income, made $6.4 billion in profit. So they're paying less than a year's worth of profit over the course of 15 years. Even that's ridiculous. CVS, let's see here. CVS's payments would include $4.9 billion to be paid to states, cities, counties, and other political plaintiffs. CVS said about $130 million would be paid to tribes, according to Wednesday's statement. But their settlement would be spread over a 10-year period beginning in 2023. 4.9, so about $5 billion over 10 years. CVS gross profit for uh, the quarter ending in June of last year was $31 billion. CVS health gross profit for 12 months ending in June of 2022 was $121.672 billion. And they're going to be paying out about $5 billion in damages over a 10-year period. They made over $121 billion in 2022. And to add insult to injury, now that this is all behind them, their shares in the stock market ticked up about 4% this morning after it released the third quarter results alongside of the settlement announcement and Walgreens climbed up 2%. So they they probably made everything that they're going to pay out over the next 10 to 15 years two times over, if not more, this morning just because this whole thing was settled. And it's over something so stupid when they should be held accountable for so much more. And God knows how much of those uh, those 2022 profits were because of the, the shots families of the dead that won't get a thing and this and like i said this has nothing to do with the shots that they've been doling out like methadone and um and getting in between people's doctors orders and uh and completely safe medications for the uh, the, the the world ending virus that now take that that has now given us election week election month instead of election night that's what we've been given oh my god we are just we're just we've been we're being taken for everything taken for everything okay um yeah let's take some calls 914-595-6953 see how people are thinking 914-595 let's see here um oceanic in the in the discord says if a doctor writes a prescription the pharmacist can override and say it's wrong it has bad interactions and it's overdone etc okay that's good to know i actually all in working in a pharmacy for as long as i did in high school and college i i knew that i knew that um i had seen that is that what most of this is about because when i looked into this they're talking about over prescription and a lot of details about whether or not the, I mean, cause we're talking about so much. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess pharmacies are the last line of defense, but what's happening to the doctors? If you're going to your, your, your physician 
and they're prescribing you one thing or another, and they're looking over your chart, and they're looking at uh, these drugs, they should be the first line that says, okay, well, these things we have to negate. These things are, are not good together. I just don't understand them grabbing. Maybe it's just because they're the easiest to pay off this, this minuscule amount of money. They have the most amount of money coming in, and they can pay it off on behalf of other. I, I just don't know. It makes no sense to me, though. 914-595-6953. What do you got going on over there? Let me know all about it. Um, I got an email. Let's go to our Super Chats as well. I got an email from Linz. And Linz, she wanted to write in to tell me about her superpower that she has. Lauren had a superpower as well. She said, oh, by the way, you know what my superpower is? I said, what? And she said, I can flare my nostrils. I said, I can do that. She goes, yeah, not everybody can, though. Really? So she can flare her nostrils. I didn't know that not everybody can do that. She says, I can't wiggle my ears. I think I can wiggle one. I, you know, just, just make it move and all that stuff. Um, there are people who can ripple their tongue, like make ripples around the edges. It's very weird. I definitely can't do that. I can't roll my tongue. Like some people can roll their tongue over. I can, I can loop it. But that, that whole rolling it over, turning it over like a, a flapjack. Anyway, Linz said this, Frank, my superpowers are I know people's blood type. I usually have to spend some time with someone, so guessing yours is difficult, but I'd say be positive. You'd say that, huh? Well, you're not too far off. Not too far off. It's not like I'm B negative. But uh, you're not too far off, but close. I can hear people's thoughts. It's not like what you think. It's more like feeling the other person so much their thoughts take form. To blanket my sensitivities, I can see into people. Uh, however, I'm completely blind, deaf, and dumb when it comes to attractive men in my life. Thanks, Frank. Have a great night. Well, I guess... Um, I guess that's good to know what people's blood type are around you. You never know when you're going to need a transfusion. You, get over here. I'm feeling woozy. Flare, on, uh, Lauren said, flare on command. Well, I, yeah, that's it. You flare nostrils whenever you want. That's on command. I just did it right now. Lauren could do that. Everyone flares naturally, but I can flare on command. Oh, okay. And Lauren said she can roll it over the tongue. Can you now? All right. Well, let's go into... <laughs> let's go into the tip of stream, into the quitefranklysuperchat.com. One from Albert Frederick came in says, Agreed, Frank. If CVS Walgreens are uh, paying this out for fulfilling uh, prescriptions or superscriptions... Not made by them. I think the president will be uh, 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 will be used to go after gun manufacturers in the future. You have to have a uh, precedent, right? Yeah. Um, well, they're going after gun manufacturers. They they already are. Uh, uh, but this would definitely it's in the same exact vein, one hundred percent. Now, my question is, why would you even screw with? Big Pharma because they're such gigantic 
supporters of the machine. But I guess they, you know, if, if it's only really in jest to, to create precedent to go after other rights in the same way, then, then yeah, it's, it's really not a lot, especially when you see how much money that Walgreens and CVS are taking in $5 billion each over the course of 10 to 15 years with what they make in a quarter is laughable. That's why I, I question what the hell this is even about. Silky Johnson says, Frank, you ever see or hear something and it clicks? Why didn't I think of that? That's what happened with the guys that trolled Taylor Lorenz. I picked Silky instead of Ligma. Uh, I am ashamed. I don't know much about crypto. Tips on places to start. To, uh, tips on places to start learning. I don't know. I, I, don't, I wouldn't tell you where it, be able to tell you where to start. I have just listened to other people talk. And uh, whenever I have opportunities to ask questions, I ask them and uh, hopefully I come away with something, something good. Because it doesn't, it, it doesn't make too much sense with me still. But I'm a lot better than I was. But that's what happened with the guys that trolled Taylor Lorenz. I picked Silky instead of Ligma. Ligma Johnson. Silky Johnson. Gotcha. Ligma. Uh, let's see. Silky again says, Frank, even though 2020 was the most secure election in all the universe, in my whole life, I've never seen an issue where it's okay. Uh, it's okay. It took days to weeks to finish counting when they're at 90% counted. You think the states should have the same day count rule. I know. Yeah, you would think. You would think. And, and you always have to remember that they take you outside of that context, that being in the moment in 2020, where it was, oh, no, this is the most secure we've ever had it. The most secure we ever had it. Remember in 2016, Barack Obama, uh, stop whining, Mr. Trump. It is it is laughable for anybody to conceive or, or to even think about being able to rig an American election. So go out there and, you know, uh, make a case for votes and stop whining, he said. And then, of course, for four years, it was rigged. Uh, it was stolen. Here are 12... Here are 12 Russians that paid over $100,000 collectively in Facebook ads that nobody saw. And, uh, and that's why Hillary Clinton lost by a whopping 74 electoral college votes. So then it was, uh, it was a sham and we were infiltrated and meddled with by literally everybody. And Donald Trump was illegitimate. And then 2020, Donald Trump was ousted. And it was literally the most secure election that has ever been again. And now, with nobody, nobody of, of the opposition party in any real place to cause them any problems, because the administration, the administrative state, the bureaucracy did not change at all. No, no matter who was in office, Donald Trump was eaten up by the bureaucracy. So the bureaucracy didn't change at all, and now they have a Democrat in the White House with all of uh, their staff. They have the Senate, and they have the House. And nothing has changed at CISA since the most secure election ever has ever taken place. And we're getting these disclaimers from a party, the leaders of a party that ha it has less and less popularity by the day. Oh, boy. Boy, nothing adds up, and they're, they're bullshit. Fuck them all.
Swick says, here's for the music room. Oh, Swick, thank you. Thank you. I can't wait for the music room. We're, we know the computer that we're getting. Uh, I've already started making arrangements. And, um, and the lighting. I hope that the, the, the big thing is the lighting in there. Because it's got to be able to adequately make things pop up on screen as we're playing or even when I'm in there just on the drums by myself I need I want to be able to have multiple camera angles and uh, and be able to get everything very crisp very clear so I wonder if I maybe even have to do a camera upgrade but we'll see one thing at a time proactive flailer says I love everything that you do listen every night and have about and have for about 18 months thank you flailer it's great to have you out there I love hearing from you thank you Thank you so much. Um, all right, let's go over to Rumble. Rumble, there's plenty of people hanging out, doing well. Loving each other. Sean Joe on Foxhole, thank you for the cookie. River Pike, a pill for inflation. That's what I needed. And Dragonfly, best money advice. It doesn't matter how much money is in your account on the day you die. Uh, it was always enough. On the day you die, it was always enough, I guess, yeah. You don't need it at that point. So, thank you all so much. Now, on to the Rockfin. Todd Fife with a wonderful tip. And Patriot Angie for Liberty. That is so sweet, Mark Swan, isn't it? He said, I got an idea, man. I like these raffles, and I like that it's going to happen for the monthly sponsors now every month. I want to give a piece of silver and a piece of gold. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably pair each piece of metal with a new bag of, quite frankly, coffee, which I should have physical bags in my hand by Friday night when we have our coffee talk, our coffee talk segment, which I can't wait to do because there's plenty to ask, plenty to learn. All right. That's all I have there. So it's 835. I saw this. I'm just going to put it out there. I saw this on the uh, on Twitter yesterday. It was Halloween 1984. You might have seen it. This pack of children running around in Brooklyn, New York. And I don't think we're going to have time to get through everything I had lined up tonight because we only have 25 minutes left and I have other funny things that we can go to and take a few calls to fill in. But uh, I want to show you, get, get you in the mood for looking back through time. Take a listen to this. This is a news segment about Halloween mischief. I'm spraying shaving cream. Say with my friends. On yourself or? With it, yeah, on myself and my friends. Okay, is this a Halloween tradition here in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yes, definitely. For all of you in podcast land, the children are all covered in shaving cream they've they've already doused themselves but what about this woman with shaving cream on her car they're having a good time could have been worse could have been eggs eggs what are you gonna do with eggs they're gonna throw them at people we're gonna cook them i'm gonna hit this kid over here look at the extra large eggs grade a grade a eggs you know how much that dozen cost that was probably a dollar they put the eggs away because look at this down the block a constable on patrol in the mood to confiscate let me have it come on please let me have it come on he finally did hand it over as for the rest they wrapped up their halloween on the run 
New York police say they will be out in force to make sure no one violates the spirit of Halloween or the law. Will Spence, Channel 7, Eyewitness News. <laughs> I love the uh, the constable, the, 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 the cop on the beat coming on down. He probably knew all the children. Everybody knew, knew each other. That one woman that was asked about the, the shaving cream on her car, it's 1984, remember. I'd say she's probably about 72, 73 years old at that point. You know, you're talking about someone that was born at that, at that time, around the time that the, the Titanic had sunk. And, oh, man, there's just so much. I wasn't, bo- I wasn't born until the next year, so... Yeah, there's there's plenty of that that but the, that kind of spirit had held up until the mid '90s. Everything just got lopped off. Everything got neutered uh, in 2001. A lot of things just changed for everybody. And I want to start talking about this because there's so many other things that I found. This one is definitely not going to. We're not going to have time for this one. I've played this on the network maybe about a year and a half ago. I should put it on again. It's a it's a, a compilation. It's about 10 minutes long, and we would just skip through this as time went on. It's 110 years of high school from the 1900s, the early 1900s, right to the, you know, the turn of the century, 20th century, to the 2010s. And to see just how people have changed, how high school students have changed, society changing as time goes on. Energy, but it's it's so much more than just fashion. It's energy. It's just uh, you know giddiness. Everything. That's nineteen. Now we go to the nineteen tens. You know how much how much of the curriculum in this classroom is is uh, obscenely problematic these days. So I want to get into all this, especially once we start coming up into the nineteen sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. I can't wait to see uh, what people are, how people react to this, and we'll do it. Maybe I think it's better to do it tomorrow. One thing I will do with you tonight, though, is this: I found. Last night, somebody posted it on GLP. This guy, Joey Cato, I have to go out and, and find him. I, I sent him, a, I sent him a, a small donation because I just love his work. He created this website. It's called My90sTV, MY90STV.com. And he created My60sTV, 70sTV, 80s, and 2000s. But I found My90s first. And he's compiled tens of thousands of commercials, comedy bits, cartoons, drama, game shows, stuff for kids, movies, music, news, other soaps, specials, sports, talk shows, trailers. It's pretty much everything that we do on QuiteFrankly.tv. It's what I always wanted. I, I love that grainy, old school VHS kind of a feel. I love going back into retro, then coming up to current events and and, uh, and and all that stuff. I love what he's done here. Take a look at this. So you click the television on. I don't 
want to give you any double double talk, but Maybelline great A Maybelline commercial. Of lashes, lash building formula. Oh, wait, this is 1990. Let's go to 1995. Sylvester and Wowie. Wowie and Wowie. Collect all the matchups on McDonald's NBA Looney Tunes All-Star Cups. Buy any extra value meal and for 39 cents more, supersize it. I guess that's when Space Jam came out. So you had Larry Bird and Michael Jordan there. Hold on. Change the channel. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. The producer of Menace to Society and executive producer Spike Lee. It was so fun. You a tale. No, no, I hear this. Beyond your wildest nightmares. This I don't know. This I don't know anything about. Tales from the Hood. Tales from the Hood? i never seen Tales from the Hood. Incredible. Great! Uh, none of it be counted. So there's so, there's so much. I was, on, I, I was just clicking through this for about a half hour last night. It was terrific. I have not gone into the 70s and the 80s and the, the 2000s or anything like that just yet. But I wanted to leave this with you guys and gals because I, I believe that many of you would have a lot of fun on this. And, um, and yeah, no, there was so, I was just watching commercials last night. The commercials were making me just feel tremendous. I love the way that they sold products. I, I, don't, I, just, I just don't mind them. I love them, actually. So... Yeah, I'll bring this up. We'll go through the the years of high school and and a few other things that I wanted to do. But uh, for now, it's 8.45. I'm going to take another quick break. And when we come back from that, maybe we can squeeze in a call. And then I have one cool thing to leave you with. A little bit of hunter's traditions from Europe. You know, things that I like. It's November. We're going to start sprinkling these things in again. And uh, away we go. Do not go. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. This is it. Yes. All right, we'll be right back. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, <laughs> here. Why are you letting this happen? Why haven't you called back up? There is your backup. This is our damn Capitol building. And y'all are letting it get destroyed on your their signs resist what the hell this is your last warning yield the castle and i said you guys aren't into salads or do i send out for about 1,000 hamburgers big macs 
So we actually did. We bought a thousand. Little pencil neck. Adam Schiff. Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. Burger King, Wendy's, and McDonald's. We have Big Macs, we have Quarter Pounders with cheese. You having a good time, Joe? <laughs> the elite! The elite! They're not elite! We're the elite! <laughs> you heard our vets? You stole from us? Guess what, pencil neck? You're fired! You're fired! They don't like him so much right now. So here's what we're going to leave off with tonight. I'm going to check these super chats one last time. And I'm going to hightail it. Make sure I got everybody in. Everything looking good. Looking good. Yes. Here's one thing that we will be picking through tomorrow at some point. 2.30 a.m. at a 7-Eleven near Disney World, 1987. I have said this on the show a couple of times. This is probably one of the more important videos on the internet. And I'm not kidding about that. It is such an amazing glimpse. A nine minute glimpse into just this random 7-Eleven in Florida in 1987. And I would do anything to be in there that night. Uh, it, it, it's just it just terrific interactions between you know these uh, these kids with their camera everybody enamored by cameras still just the people working there is so nice so everything's so good I, I don't I would have to play some of it with you guys and get some of your thoughts as to what it is because some of it is hard to articulate there must be some kind of a term in this this book of Obscure sorrows that I have over here of wanting of uh, of feeling a a loss from places that you've never been to, but um, because I was two and a half years old somewhere about nine hundred miles north. Anyway, I had a little something to end the show tonight, and it's a little random. Did you know from Finland? It's about bear hunting. Since we're going into hibernation weather and all that stuff. Did you know this? That in Finland, it is illegal to kill a bear when it's hibernating. This is from a homunculus argument account on Tumblr. I had this saved for a night like tonight. 
If you ask a hunter why that is, why it's illegal to kill a bear when it's hibernating, hibernating, a number of them will tell you it's wrong simply because it's the law, and they don't make the distinction between what is right and what is legal. Most people like that are perfectly normal, decent, and respectable people just like the rest of us. But if you ask people who think about things, the answer is vague. Killing a hibernating bear would just feel impolite, it seems. You just can't shoot a man when he's sleeping. That's just rude. It's not the right thing to do. Long before hunting laws were established in Finland, you couldn't kill a sleeping bear, and what commands you is something older than law, and that is tradition. Even at a time when hunting was a, a matter of life and death, and, a bear, and bear fighting for its life is mainly a matter of death, you just didn't kill a hibernating bear. You have to wake it up first. Hunters risked their lives and the lives of their brothers and everyone in the hunting party, party who were friends, family, and men that they loved to give the bear a fighting chance if they found a hibernating bear. You had to do it out of honor. You had to take the risk yourself, and everybody had a chance. In the modern time, the hunting season of bears is in the summer, for the warmest summer months. There are many reasons why they are allowed to tread safely uh, in autumn and to sleep in peace throughout the cold months, almost all of which are rational and scientific and do not touch the old, tra the old traditions. Old faith says a living thing has many souls. Henki, Luanto, Itse. Plants only have one soul, the one that wills them to grow. Animals have two, both the spark of life and nature that enables them to act. A human being also has the third, one that makes them a person, personality, itse, literally, self. If the soul that travels in your dreams is not the soul, uh, but the soul, I should say, not if, but the soul that travels in your dreams is not the soul that defines a human. Animals have the one, that one as well, the one that travels in your dreams. When your dog runs in their sleep, their soul is elsewhere, where a dog is needed. One's waking soul is elsewhere when they sleep and dream. A bear's soul is somewhere else when they are hibernating. There are two words for hibernation in Finnish, and I apologize. One of which is Talvioni, winter sleep, that means, and that is the one that bears have. If you kill a sleeping bear, their soul is not in their body. It is out there still, and it can find you, and as revenge for killing its body, ghost bear will kill you and your entire fucking family. Imagine that. So I like learning little things like that, and I hope you do too. Ladies and gents, I hope you do too. All right, it's 8.52, and I thank you for hanging out with me again on a Wednesday in November. Thank you to Tony from Wise Wolf Gold and Silver for hanging out with us. I hope you all learned a little something tonight, and tomorrow, more, even more. It's a Thursday. Thursday and still largely just going to be you and I. I hope that you uh, you wear your calling pants tomorrow because I definitely want people calling in. I'm going to need to pick your brains and open up your soul a little bit to me. That's what we're going to have to do. Going to have to get a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit deeper on things. But I'm looking forward to then and I hope that you've enjoyed yourself. So ladies and gents, please 
go ahead and um, hit the like button wherever the hell it is and share it. Become a sponsor and go and hang out on quitefrankly.tv because it is Rabbit Hole Wednesdays. I don't even know what they have prepared for you over there on quitefrankly.tv on Foxhole, but it's going to be good. We will see you soon, and thank you for everything. Good night. Catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. Now, our super chatters Albert Frederick, Silky Johnson, and Stickman. Not to be outdone by Swick and Proactive Flailer. You guys have been fantastic to me, as always. Thank you, Todd Fife. Thank you, Patriot Angie for Liberty. Thank you to all of my friends on Foxhole who continue to give generously to the network. And, um, yes, see you on Thursday. Good night.